I always find it a little bit ironic to preach the parables. Preaching the parables is taking a spiritual truth that Jesus was able to boil down into a few words and spend 45 minutes on it. Hopefully it won't be that long today. Often we need to explain them a little bit because we don't have the cultural context that the hearers had when they were hearing the parables. We don't have necessarily the scriptural context that people were aware of at the time. And so we'll try to touch on those things without getting in the way of the simple, powerful truth of what Jesus is trying to say. Parables are often an explanation or an answer to a question that the listeners have raised or that's come up in the ministry of Christ. Later this summer, I'll be preaching on the parable of the Good Samaritan, and it's the answer to the question, who is my neighbor? Or what must I do to be in the kingdom? In chapter 11 of Luke, Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray. If we go back a few verses, it says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as ta John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be our name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And then he stops. In this instance, he stops and he explains what's going on. He was teaching them how to pray, and he said, you know what, to understand how to pray, you need to understand who you're praying to. And he gives a parable, a parable of a friend who went to a neighbor and asked for bread in the middle of the night. Sometimes we misunderstand this and we think that Jesus is teaching us to have perseverance in prayer. There's a, there's a place for perseverance in prayer when it comes to interceding on behalf of the lost, interceding on behalf of those who don't know Christ. But in this case, he says, no, no, it's not about praying, as he said in another place, like the pagans babbling with many words. This is your father you're talking to. Remember, our father in heaven. It all starts there. If a neighbor who is evil will give you what you need, how much more will your heavenly Father who loves you give you what you need? The other day, my granddaughter, who happens to be the cutest granddaughter in the world, except for my other granddaughter, but at that moment she was the cutest, was sitting at the table with us, and she saw me eating some watermelon, and she thought that looked better than the mac and cheese her dad had given her. And she looked at me with those big eyes and she asked me for some watermelon. And I took some time to say, do you know how hard I worked for this watermelon? Do you know that this watermelon cost me? Do you know what this watermelon means? No. I gave her my slice of watermelon. And then another, and another, and another and then I left them to deal with the rest. 
if your neighbor gives you bread just to get you out of his hair, how much more your heavenly Father will give you what you need? Jesus talked about that when he said, don't worry about what you'll eat or drink. Your heavenly Father, there it is again, your Father knows what you need and he'll give it to you. You see, this parable isn't a parable well, it's where it's showing us what God is like. It's showing us in contrast to this parable what God is like. God is a loving father. We cry, Abba, Father. And my granddaughter doesn't even have to know the words. She just has to look at me and she'll get all the watermelon she wants. You see, our problem when we ask for bread is this, two things. One, we think, oh, God is so big and busy with the universe, he has no time to go and give me bread. I don't even want to bother him with it. And God says, I'm your father. Of course I have time to give you bread. But then Jesus turns around and he says, you know, that being said, there's something more. Why even stop at bread? Your heavenly father has so much more to give you. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who no to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks you for a fish? It's interesting. Some um, manuscripts say bread. And you've got the theme of give us our daily bread. Ask for bread. And here if you ask for bread. If he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give to you? And he says the Holy Spirit to those of you who ask him. There's a passage that runs parallel in John chapter 6, Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000. He gave them bread and lots of it. There were bushelfuls left over. He said, bread is not a problem for me. I can give you bread. And then he walked on the water and he went to the other side. And we pick up the story. And it says, when they found out he had gone to the other side. They followed him to Capernaum. When they found him on the other side, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate loaves of bread and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Intrigued, then they asked, what, what, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign will you give that we may see and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors got bread. They ate manna in the wilderness, as it's written. And he gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
back to their stomachs. Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father, there it is, Father, who gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven that gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. The first problem is that we are afraid to ask for bread. The second problem is that we only ask for bread. God has so much more for us than just to take care of our daily needs. He gladly does that. He lovingly does that. It's no problem for him. Don't worry about that. Come, ask him. He will give you. But don't stop there. He wants to give not only daily bread, but eternal bread to you. I am the bread of life. And in the parable we're reading, he says, I will give you the Holy Spirit. This is how Jesus is with us now. He said to his disciples, I must go so that God can send the Spirit. The Spirit of Christ is there for us, to indwell us, to fill us, to do things in our lives beyond what we could ask or imagine. Through the Spirit, the brokenness of God's image in us is transformed into the image of God by the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. Instead of trying to serve out of our pain or in spite of our pain, the Spirit transforms our pain into compassion and blessing for others. He brings healing. He doesn't negate it. He transforms it. He redeems it so that it can be a blessing to others. So often we come to the table looking for forgiveness of sin. In the Spirit, Christ offers us the power to overcome sin. It's not just a monthly treadmill of groveling to the table, hoping God will forgive our sins. He died to forgive our sins. Now he wants us to live in the power of the Spirit that will help us to overcome the sin that ensnares us. In ourselves, our prayers are often of those lost in a broken world, reaching meekly to God, trying to find him. In the Spirit, we can come boldly to God our Father and partner with him in prayer to bring healing to a broken world. Dear friends, ask for bread, but don't just ask for bread. You know, when I first read this, I thought, well, maybe, maybe he's talking about the disciples. But he doesn't say, if you ask, I will give you, the disciples, the Holy Spirit. He says, those who ask, I will give the Spirit. I will give myself to them. I will give them the power for life. The power that raised me from the dead, the spirit that is at work in me, will be at work in you. 
There are those here that have been looking for God, seeking. Jesus says, if you're seeking, you will find. The Holy Spirit will come into your life and I will dwell with you and transform your life. There are those, like I said, who come just feeling so overwhelmed by their sin that they're hoping for some relief at the communion table. God says, no, that's not it. There's so much more. There's a power that I have that will help transform your life and overcome the very sin that I died to forgive you for. There are others that are looking forward to a summer of serving and they're trembling saying, I don't know what to do. How am I going to do this? Well, I was there five minutes ago before I got up here to preach. We don't have the strength to do what God calls us to do. But the Spirit comes and indwells us and gifts us for service, for the blessing of the body, and to serve those that he's called us to serve. What a wonderful gift. The poor Israelites were looking for more, for, for more manna from heaven. Today you'll get the little wafers. I have it on good authority. Those are actual manna that's in the top of that little cup. No, no. There's more for you. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Eat and you will never go hungry. Manna had to be replenished every day. But the life of God in us is eternal. And it's now. How do we pray? Well, it depends who you're praying to. If you're praying to your Father, you can come with boldness. You don't have to come humbly, groveling, shy. Be like my granddaughter. Just look up to your Heavenly Father and ask what you need. Surely he will freely give it to you. And then ask for more. He wants to give you his very life. He wants to give you his spirit to indwell you so that not only you have life eternal, but that you have life abundant now, overflowing, 12 bushels full extra, enough to share with your friends, with your family, with your community, with a broken world. What a wonderful God we serve. Scripture says, ask, seek, knock. We've talked a lot about what the Holy Spirit does in the life of a believer, but the Holy Spirit is also at work in those who don't know him. The work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the unbeliever or someone who doesn't know Jesus yet is to call them, to draw them. You may not know Christ today if you're watching this and you feel something in your heart, some tug, some question, some longing, that's the Spirit calling you to come home to your Father. It's wonderful that it says, knock and the door shall be opened to you. In Revelation, we have the other picture of Jesus standing on the other side of that door and he's knocking. He's knocking, he wants to come in. As much as you are longing him, he is longing you and wants to come in and eat with you and have fellowship with you and live with you. If you've never experienced the reality of life with Christ, 
then speak to someone today. We'll pray with you and lead you to come to know your Heavenly Father. And if, Christian, you've lived your life trying to be a good Christian on your own and you've never experienced the fullness of the Spirit doing all that he wants to do in your life, then come to someone and pray with them and let him fill you and give you that life abundant. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we come to you with open hands, with longing hearts, and we look into your loving eyes and we ask for all that you would give us, not just our daily needs, but you, Lord Jesus, yourself through your Holy Spirit, so that we might live life abundantly and be transformed into your likeness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.